0: I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction
1: world. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, How are you doing today, John?
0: I'm good and uh, excited to go on and say what uh, we came up with off air just now.
1: Yeah, excellent. I think last episode went a little slower than we had hoped, but we're still talking about Zoya and we left off... Last time was sort of a big question, right? So uh, we just needed to figure out where where Zoya was kind of coming from, specifically with respect to her parents and upbringing, and and sort of how rebellious she was going to be. So we had a long talk about that just now, off the air, and I think we're going to uh, summarize our results and then and then continue our discussion after that.
0: Yeah, we got bogged down, and I think it was I think we had just sort of reflexively conceived of her as rebellious uh but that was making everything harder i think because we needed her to do all these things and you know pursue the club membership and if she was rebellious and sort of this like punk that was like above it all you know that would really th- that becomes much harder to justify so i think where we landed is that um and this you know this comes as a byproduct of some of the things we did Uh, figure out last episode you know Mm -hmm. she's uh she's not an only child she's perhaps the sixth child of many right uh she was she grew up in the constellation so you combine and and she's the last of those six right she's the most recent one
1: right we were saying that you know she's sort of at the end of the geometric waiting period that comes with each child to where her parents are gonna have to wait now a really long time for the next kid and as a result of that that puts some pressure on her that i think we weren't really conceiving before and also since she's
0: um since wait can we just uh like sort of spell that concept out again because it's been a while since we talked about it you you can have kids in the constellation but each kid you have uh takes longer to conceive and that's designed to con presumably by the simulators to keep the population from getting out of control. From just so spiraling after,
1: out of control. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. This is a sort of compromise we came up with earlier in the podcast because we were trying to figure out, you know, people would want to have kids and raising kids is a kind of fundamental human activity. Um, but probably uh, the simulators have an interest in it not becoming, you know, just overrun with children by the most enthusiastic breeders uh, right away. Um Plus, our story has an interest in in that, I think, as well, because uh, otherwise those families would very quickly take over the the constellation in in numbers. So um, we we decided on this thing where, like, you know, each one takes a little longer um, uh, waiting period, and after you've had six or seven or thereabouts, I haven't actually checked back what the exact number was that we figured out, but it's in that ballpark. Um, the, the waits get pretty long, um, you know, over a human lifespan long. So once that's, um, the case, of course you can still have more children in the future because nobody's dying or anything. This thing goes on forever, but, um, that's a significant waiting period. You're going to really focus on the kid you have now. Um, the kids you have now, rather, uh, for for a while. So I think that that provide and the other thing that we we went over uh, just now and that we've sort of decided about Zoya, is something that we've talked about in our world and we can get to show it with her, is uh, that since she was not just um, first generation, but really has you know was born in the constellations fairly recently um, in the constellations history, the parents would have had enough time to really learn about sort of the most effective and restrictive parenting options available um, to people in the constellation meaning that she would have been raised uh, in a much more restrictive environment than um, you know people who are raised uh, before the transition. Um, or even people who were raised early in the transition before it was like really realized that you could, you know, create a home world that you owned uh, to birth the child into and then sort of sculpt that world um, to form their early uh, experiences in a very specific way. So I think that once we decided those things, I think we realized that we had kind of answered our other bigger question because a child that's raised like that um it's not gonna be very punk rebellious I don't think. I think that's highly unlikely. Um
0: Or at least it's gonna it's gonna take a while for that them to deprogram. It's not gonna be a quick process, right? I mean th- their default is gonna be you know probably wherever their their parents push them with this nursery world that, you know, propagandizes them from birth essentially. Right.
1: I mean, look, they'll still be an individual and they still can disagree with their parents' values in some ways or something, but I think in general they're going to be far less rebellious than um, than I think we had initially conceived of of, of her being, um, and far far less open about any rebellion that they are sort of con- contemplating or or or, or uh, participating in, um, more. Outwardly obsequious, and I think by by making that decision, I think we're going to make the next thing that we do a lot easier, which is just sort of try to talk through all the different, you know, things that she is um, going to go through behind the scenes uh, throughout the story and all these little. Moments that you know, most of which we've discussed before um, on the podcast, but which you wouldn't have seen if you were reading the book at this point. Um, they would have been hidden from you uh, up, uh, until now.
0: That's right. So, so you know, at the you know at the very beginning of her life, she's born on this nursery world to these very ambitious parents that want her to serve the family business and sort of the. The goal of of growing the family's influence in the constellation she's fully indoctrinated in that at some point she shows talent or interest in in creating art worlds uh and we also i think the other thing that sort of leads us in this direction is that we could realize that you know you know in the constellation environment it's not clear that you know becoming an artist is like a subversive choice right I mean it's already it can be already prestigious in our world uh, you know to be an artist but I think you know it's sort of such a long shot but it seems like in the in the context of the constellation um, you know where there's no physical scarcities anymore right right productivity
1: is no longer high status in the way that it is in our world because nobody needs your labor in order to eat or live or anything like that.
0: And, like, to the extent that people are doing labor, like, world creation is one of the main acts of labor. And, yes, there's a lot of more functional world creation than, than art worlds, of course. But, um, you know, I, it does seem like, you know, art would be one of the main economic products in this environment, right, As entertainment. Um, people have so much time for it. So, you know, it seems like that if she had showed some interest and talent in that, now, her parents wouldn't necessarily reject that. In fact, they might just run with it and say, "All right, well, so here's what we're going to do, right? We're going to enroll you in the most, you know, prestigious like training world, right? Um, which could be the world where she meets Tim. Which it would make sense that Tim would also try to end up at an elite, you know, university if possible, right? Uh, and you know, there'd be they'd be rooting for her to." to win this contest and get into the club for all the reasons we've already discussed, but it wouldn't be like them coming on board late in the process. They'd be, they would have always been on board.
1: Right. They would have maybe shaped the way that she pursued her, her skill or talent, but not the, uh, I mean, if, if she looked like she was going to be interested in that and good at it, they would have wanted her to do all the high prestige, you know, things available in that world. But, uh, yeah, th- that, that, makes sense to me. I think, you know, they might've been th- themselves more interested in more pragmatic things because they built like uh, this almanac world, for example. So they seem to be more, f- you know, focused on utilitarian, uh, structures, but, uh, you know, it may be that once they realize the daughter is artistic, then they figure, well, art is how you know is another way to get status. All we care about is status. So how do we use the art most effectively to get status for our daughter?
0: Well, it's another area they can reach their tentacles into, Absolutely, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're matching them, you know, via the almanac world that they run and sort of via their And their, they've got
1: five like, other grown kids at this point or yeah. or thereabouts who are probably also, you know, engaged in different um, high status pursuits, uh, some of which may be directly related to Almanac world, but some of which might not be right. I mean, they might have also gone off and founded a big residential world or, um, you know, become a high value, um, a lawyer, uh, uh, like a code, code, code whisperer, you know, or, um, I don't know. There's different things that the, the other yeah, siblings I mean- could have done.
0: And maybe that one of the worst things that one of their kids could do is just be redundant to what another kid is already doing, right? Right, so as, right exactly. A, yeah. As long as Zoya slotted into you know uh, something that they didn't, a base they didn't have covered. Right. Uh, the and Maybe being world. the
1: youngest, like art was sort of open because it hadn't been promoted in the family as much as it might have been in other successful families. But once they saw again the the, the talent, then they they came around to it they thought this oh yeah this is a good uh strategy as well um now
0: now i don't know how we're gonna um convey all this to the audience obviously in a flashback we have the capacity to rewind all the way back to her childhood for a minute if we if we want to do so
1: in fact Um, we can probably rewind to her childhood even earlier than that if we want because that's not so much giving away anything or some of these later beats like we can't show earlier but that one if she was Having a discussion with Tim or something, we could just show it.
0: Um, or... That's true. And another thing I, that I that amused me when we talked about it that I want to share is, mm-hmm. you know, she has some great final art project that wins the contest. That's right. And you know, you know, what is what is this child that was raised in this you know propaganda nursery world to super ambitious parents going to make an art world about? Well, presumably, it's some sort of sublimated commentary on those. That environment she grew up in. So we might learn a lot if we see what it is that she built. Right, um, right. And we might be able to infer a lot from that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that uh, might be a fun way to explore her feelings of, because she might have made some surreal or exaggerated or sort of, you know, inverted version of, of her own childhood for this world that we can uh, actually show and take people through and, you know, maybe read her artist statement on top of, or, you know, have her voiceover or something uh, explaining it or something like that uh, as well. So yeah, there's a possibility of actually showing some of this stuff, or maybe this is just more like hidden backstory that, that gets discussed a little bit in, in dialogue, but not seen, but either way, we needed to know it because, you know, it's important how she was raised for how she, um, approaches this whole sort of moral uh backslide that that the story sort of you know constitutes
0: for her Uh, when i will say in in my mind you know she's no longer outwardly rebellious but i still feel like under the surface there's something there the kind of thing that might come out in her art for example right i don't know if we're going to be able to get that subtle with it but i could imagine you know internally she might you know have feel a little bit constricted by this life she leads but it's not it's not like rising to the level of you know saying like fuck well, you and she mom should and dad be
1: conflicted by it because she you know she wants the parents to value her she wants to you know she has bought into to some degree their value system about status and me uh, being what matters um and to some extent the parents are just right about this i mean that is what matters in this world um but uh Obviously the there are we're we're careening toward her ultimately being asked to commit a murder, you know, for this uh for these values and she is going to uh I think, you know, for for dramatic interest, we want her to be, have a problem with that. We don't want her to just be a psychopath who says, "Okay, fine." So, um you know, obviously that's a major moral transgression and uh in order to be convinced that you should do that. You really have to, um, you know, I mean, that's going to test your values. So I think that we're going to have to show that she's being pushed to do things she's uncomfortable with. She's thinking about trying to get out. And then, uh, at a certain point, you know, she has to either affirmatively decide that this is what she wants, or she has to realize that she's in too deep and there's no other way out or whatever it's going to be. That's going to, um, have her go through with it
0: that's right i think we can just kind of spell that out even though we haven't gotten to that part yet that you know the sort of larger story structure or trope that we're that we're thinking of is is one that is is popular for good reason i think which is you know the character that sort of like works their way up to an act of rebellion perhaps right you know she's 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 under her parents thumb she's under her parents thumb and like maybe some sort of doubts are building 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 and then it isn't until you know maybe more like the climax of our story that she in any way you know actually acts on that rebellion that's kind of like where that's kind of where we're headed with this i think but having her be you know subservient in the beginning
1: right well it's like an indoctrinated person who's you know asked to do more and more immoral things like uh, at some point the the it the Internal struggle there, you know, becomes too great, and they they there's some conflict between the indoctrination and the moral um, intuition. And I think that's basically what we are taking Zoya through. So, um, you know, I feel good about that. I think we were getting really stopped up on those questions. So, hopefully, by having uh, that settled, we'll be able to understand a little bit better um, what the Zoya' backstory is, and therefore, what the beats are that we can choose uh, to show in our flashback sequence. So
0: we're at the award show, yeah, and and now the parents are still definitely in attendance because they're very, they're very into this idea that she'd win this award and get right, a club right, invite. right. They're
1: sort of world creation stage parents. You know, right. they've been pushing her since she was first interested in this to succeed at it, and their interest. In her, doing it is not for its own sake, it is for the success and the potential status that would come with that.
0: But when she's backstage with Tim, Mm -hmm. we, we no longer necessarily need her parents to intervene because she now has all the motivation that she needs. She's like, you know... Looking to to please her parents at this stage in the story So when tim proposes his deal this contract that they sign right where they're gonna Where they each one's gonna help the other get into the club It makes sense that she'll take the deal, but she won't she'll essentially be tricked by tim in the way that we had talked about uh, Would make sense right which is that tim knows that She what she doesn't know, which is that if you do get into the club, you're probably going to end up coming back to that place where the award ceremony is happening. And it's not going to be possible to renege on this deal that they're making.
1: Right. She thinks she's outsmarting him because she thinks she can just never go back to this world. But he knows um, something that you know a rumor that the club holds some initiation right or something on that world. So he knows that she is going to be coming back there if she wins. And uh, he also knows that he's going to be coming back there if he wins. So he is, you know, um, not planning to renege on, on his side of the deal um, if he wins. Um, interestingly, uh, his, his loophole does not get him out of that. Um, but That's true. But it does sort of, you know, it does lead her to think that she's getting the best of him when in fact he's getting the best of her at that moment. Um, he's outsmarting her. Right. Um, and
0: just to, just to spell out that deal, it's basically... If you come back to this world where they sign the contract, because that's where it's enforceable, right. and if you also won the contest, and whoever has won, right? Yeah. Then your browsing history is exposed to the other party, revealing presumably the club's secret location. I know we've said that before, but I just want to spell that yep. out.
1: Yep, that's right.
0: Um, now, it. I don't know that this is something we want to commit to, but it just sort of. Thought popped in my head. Now I could imagine that if Zoya does sort of make this deal on her own, Mm -hmm. she might be sort of doing it, uh, feeling proud of herself, and thinking, "Oh, my parents are going to love that I did this, right? Like I'm going to tell them about this, like contract I signed as sort of like an insurance plan. Like they're going to be so impressed with me, right? 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 And I could imagine them maybe not being impressed, like if they maybe they see through the problem like quickly. I don't know that we want to do that scene, but that's just something that occurred to me. Right, right. Um, Yeah,
1: I think that's correct. They could see the problem in the sense of, no, you are going to have to go back there because of the thing if they happen to know that. Or uh, maybe they don't know that either, but they just think this was a silly thing to do because let's say that Tim won, right? And Zoya lost and he did not renege and then he gave her the secret information how would that actually help, Soya, right? I mean, this is something that we... <laughs> this would not get her an invite into the club, which, um, you know, obviously we have our story ways around that for Tim, but that's, I think, a critical thing that the parents might understand, well, right?
0: I mean, they might... Yeah, it just depends. I mean, there's another version of them where they might think, oh, we want to know the secret location of Club World because we can use that. That's right. That's
1: that's currency on its, its own, I guess. But,
0: you know. you know, it sort of depends on how we want... You know, what makes a good scene. Because they also could be you know, one thing I can imagine is if they're kind of the they are the kind of parents that could pull strings. Like maybe they have pulled strings and they think she's already gonna win. So they they're like, You didn't need to do that, right? Like uh Sure, that would be right, funny.
1: right, right. It's possible that she wins due to her parents' influence. Um, although, you know, I mean, I don't know how corrupt I want the award to be because um you know i like the idea that tim had a chance to win it and that you know his uh, upset his upsetness with his partner over there you know whatever not making the deadline or whatever the
0: you know their timeline yeah yeah i I uh, want that to be
1: real and not to just be like oh it turned out you guys never had a chance because you weren't like born to the right family i mean I, i not that that's impossible, but I feel like, you know, that's something that happens a lot in our world that I feel like would happen less in the constellation, not more. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I
0: yeah. think that's fair. All cause right. I, cause I, cause I do think, not impossible, um, but I,
1: I don't, I don't, I'm not in love with it as all. Well.
0: No, no, I agree. I'm just sort of like, I'm just sort of spitballing here, but I yeah. actually agree with you. Cause I think, uh, I'd rather that Yeah, Tim's actions in terms of rushing the submission, cause him to lose and that zoya is actually good at what she does i think those are both more interesting right um right and like you said like in the constellation i don't know if this would be true or not but it does seem possible that because rules are so easily enforceable that uh you know things like contests might be a little more fair but possibly i mean i don't know i don't know if that's true because there's also so many ways to game things even with uh <laughs> Uh, these hard and fast rules. But, you know, right. it might be something... But there might that be the a cult- strong
1: social pressure to, like, publish all of the rules and be very transparent about how things are decided and stuff like that, right? So, I don't know. That's something that I at least could see being a possibility, and I kind of like that idea. Uh, so I think we should maybe go with that for now. Um, that the, the contest itself is fair, but, you know... Tim and Zoya both made decisions about their pieces that, you know, affected who
0: won. Um, so she, so she wins and mm-hmm. presumably she and her parents are excited. Right. And, uh, you know, that's something that Tim can observe from his audience chair. So it's not necessarily a new scene um, uh, unless there's some beat with her parents or something that we want to show
1: right so Uh, i've seen her winning i guess the part of that that could be new is maybe we then see her parents you know approach her as she's walking off the stage with the statue or whatever the representation of that is and um you know in this version they already have been supporting her so they're happy with her, they are proud of her, they are ready for her to, you know, buck down and get her full membership so that they can take advantage of this wonderful opportunity kind of thing. Um, But, it, yeah, mostly that's, I think, in there for sequencing because we we did put in some sequencing ones.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity Um, to have a scene with her parents if we haven't already slotted one in somewhere else. Right, but I think Um, in this
1: version, it's not actually that beat with her parents is not adding, like, a new dimension to the relationship with the parents which is maybe good to uh that wasn't necessarily the case before we settled on this version but i think on this version that's the case so then uh, following that uh there is a scene that we will have skipped for sure uh which is zoya's first visit to the club world
0: right so uh and i think we decided that this doesn't Maybe happened immediately, but at some point she, you know, she's earned an invite by winning the award. And so the club actually makes good on that and says, show up at this, you know, date and time or whatever. Well, that's
1: right. I mean, there's actually two. Yeah. There's actually two potential scenes here, which I didn't realize until you just said that, which is one is Zoya wins the award. And, you know, parents aside, somebody from the club needs to walk up to her. Right. And maybe this is a scene with the observer that we're going to later know, right? And maybe it's that person who walks up to her at, backstage or whatever at the award show and transfers into her brain the uh, the URL of the club, right?
0: Um, yeah, it's true. That could happen immediately after I mean, the again, award. We don't have
1: to show this scene if it's not interesting, but I feel like that is something that needs to have happened and then at some point after that could be right away or it could be later i don't know i mean we can decide um she she has to actually visit that world um and go to the lobby and say you know i'm zoya i won the contest i'm here whatever responding to my invite or whatever it is that you say and um that has to have happened before she goes to Event World in order for Tim's plan to to work out.
0: Right. She has to have the Club World in her browsing history exactly. or the rest of the plot doesn't work. Exactly. So, so yeah, it has to start like that. So that um, has to
1: have happened and exactly what happened there, I don't know. But,
0: yeah, that that has to be there. Now, and the next thing that absolutely has to happen is that she has to end up back at Event World in order to trigger the contract. Um, So this, you know, there's a little bit of a logistical question here that I don't have the answer to yet.
1: Right. So, I mean, the simplest thing that pops into my brain for that is something along the lines of she wins the award, she's handed the invite, or the invite slips itself under her door that night or whatever, the invite contains the URL to the club world, she you know maybe shares this with her parents or something and then goes to the club world uh shows up at the lobby of the club world which we're later going to see um presents uh, her name uh and and the fact that she's been invited and is ushered into um you know a, a, an outer ring of of the club world as a, as an inductee uh maybe she meets the uh the club rep for the first time here, or maybe she doesn't quite meet him yet. But in either case, they tell her, you know, they give her a bunch of new information, like, you know, this is the the new inductee information packet. You know, you're going to do some trials before you become a full member, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, in order to do your first, uh, uh, initiation or whatever you're going to call it, you have to show up to event world at this, um, maybe meet the rest time. of your, like, you're going to meet the, rest of the cohort. Exactly. Um, your incoming cohort, you're going to, maybe you're, that's where you meet your observer. If we haven't met him yet. Um, maybe that's where you get the first assignment. If we haven't given out the first assignment, or if we did give out the first assignment, maybe that's where you turn it in. Um, something like that. And, I think for our plot, it makes more sense if that's where you get the first assignment, but whatever we could, we could work that out. Um, So then she's told all this stuff. And one of the things that she's told, and this was the part that I would maybe focus on if we wanted to show a scene is maybe she's like ushered into the, uh, to the room, told a bunch of stuff kind of quickly. And then the sort of most important thing is, and you know, you have to go to event world, which is the one thing that she was thinking, right. She was never going to do. So then I think that would, there would be a moment there where sh- her heart sinks, and she's like, "Oh shit, I have to go to Event World." You know. Well,
0: I want to flag something too that would make that more impactful. Okay. Um, because you sort of mentioned in that that she gets the address, and you also said very quickly in passing she gives it to her parents, which I think maybe, I maybe she does. That the- I mean,
1: uh, that's something I would believe. Yeah. Or well, or, but but or she. Okay, does. but I'm just. Shares its existence with her parents, if not. Right,
0: but the reason I want to flag that is because uh, we know she's not supposed to share the address. And we know probably the first time she gets the address, it comes with instructions, do not share. So, she knows very strongly she's not supposed to share it. Now, that doesn't mean that she won't share it with her parents, because her parents have such a hold on her that I could imagine them talking her into sharing it. Despite right. that she's right. been instructed not to, I'm open to that scene going either way. But I do think it's interesting what she decides to do there. It says something about her loyalty to her parents and/or to the club, and like which is more important—probably right, right. the parents. And, and when but, I
1: said uh, she shares that with her parents, I guess what I meant was that she. Tells them that she got the invite, not necessarily that she shares the URL with them. Although I see, but they may be like Tell us the URL. Too. I mean, both things are possible. She could say, "Good news, I got the invite," and then they could say, "Give us the URL," and she could say, "I'm not supposed to," or she could say, "Okay." Even both of those are interesting. I agree. Uh, choices. Right. And but e- the
0: reason I'm mm-hmm. the, but the reason I'm saying all that m- primarily is because you know whatever she ends up doing with her parents as long as when the she gets the address it comes with these very strongly worded instructions do not share she now has the stakes so that because this is the other element of the contract she may not have realized that when she gets to the point that they say and you have to Go to your initiation right. on Event World, right. which triggers the contract and reveals the club address to Tim. She re- that's why she realizes she's screwed at that point because she's got clearly gotten the instructions that like number one rule of the club is that you do not share the address.
1: Right, right, with right. Anyone. It's like the first rule of Fight Club or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's
0: a little weird. Now the the thing that I I'm stuck on that mm-hmm. I don't have an answer for and I don't. I'm fine moving past this today and and not getting stuck here, is why you, if the initiation process is partly centered on event world, why have her go to club world for the first step at all? Um, That feels like there must be some important ritual or ceremony that has to happen there that causes her to go there first because otherwise you'd think they would they would withhold that step until later, especially if they have this other world where they can do initiation things. Yeah. You yeah, see yeah. What I'm saying? I
1: agree. It's a bit weird that she goes both to the club world and then back to event world. And of course, I mean, Tim knew that. So he's taking advantage of its weirdness and that the fact that it would not be something you would assume is what happens. Um, but it has to have a reason. Like he can't, just be weird for no reason and he just happens to know it. So I agree. Uh, There has to be an element of it that happens at the Club World and there should be a reason why Club World is where you want that to happen. I could think of a few reasons why that could be the case. Um, One that pops into my head is if um, the club rep or the person that is going to be revealed to you is... um, going to be disguised, you know, like they're not going to look or sound like themselves, then maybe you want to do that on the club world where they have all the privileges and you don't, you know, um, where you can, where they can easily control their appearance and everything else, um, in order to, you know, keep them mysterious to you in ways that might be useful to the, to the club. Um, I, I, I could I don't know I, I agree that that's it's a little bit confusing why the club would want both worlds and for our contract to work right now that has to work like that so either we have to change the contract or we have to change, or we have to figure out a good answer for that um, I agree we should sort tr- probably not try to figure that out right now uh, just put a pin in it and come back to it but yeah uh, yeah
0: I think that's I, I I feel like there's a good justifications that we haven't come up with that I I need to I need to think on it, but um, but yeah, I just want to I just want to point that out. But like, yeah. uh, I, I I do think there's an answer. Um, so I'm not mean, I it think doesn't it could concern have something
1: me. to do with sort of some attempt to synchronize, you know, the whole cohort of of inductees, right? Because of course this award gets given out on X day, and then you know other. Other kinds of contests and awards and things that might earn you a club invite, you know, come happen on other times. So maybe this is a matter of like, well, we do one of these a year. You've been given, you know, a golden ticket to this year's um, uh, induction, but the induction starts in three months, you know, at this secret event on event world or something. I, don't know. I guess that doesn't completely explain why it's event world and not club world, but at least that gives you the sense of why you would have to have like a preliminary meeting. That's not the same as the initiation meeting.
0: I mean, what makes sense the most in my head is still some kind of ritual thing. Yeah. The club ritual. is yeah. like, I just feels like maybe there's in sort of an awe and like component where like with new initiates like you know they want to create this atmosphere that you're being brought into this like prestigious society and maybe they've had you know club members like laboring over like constructing you know maybe it's like one level in from the lobby right like one concentric circle inward like like they've been constructing some like very impressive and, like, elaborate structure or or world that, you know, you show to new initiates to just, like, sort of blow their minds and, like, you know, put them in the right frame of mind of, like, sort of awe and, you know, like, like this is going to be a big deal getting to this club. Do you know what I mean? Like, sort of framing it for them. And it makes sense that, like, that might have to happen on Club World and not on... Because they have full
1: power over Club World.
0: Yeah, and like like that, it mm-hmm. might have taken a while to build. I I, I guess mm-hmm. I because I don't have a specific. This might be hard to track what I'm saying, but like, you know, they build some kind of. It, it's like a sub world within club world, so like it's a little hard to talk about that. But like like build some kind of structure or thing that is just there to like impress mm-hmm. new initiates, right? Mm-hmm. And like say like. This is like get ready for something like real and amazing. You know, this is like this is what is on offer mm-hmm. if you can if you can make it through these trials. Um, and if we could come up with a specific, that might be really cool. Again, I don't know exactly, exactly what that is. I'm right, imagining right. like some kind of like impossibly complex like M.C. Escher structure. Like I don't I don't know what it is, but like um, right right.
1: Yeah, hopefully you get what I'm pointing at, or the way that light works, or some other kind of like fundamental aspect of physics that makes it really trippy and wild. And you know, as you move through it, it you know it impresses you in the same way that a giant cathedral or a pyramid or something would impress a regular person in our world.
0: The other possibility is like that's where all the club members hang out. Mm -hmm. Is on Club World, so there might also be something that some sort of ritual or thing that like other high-ranking club members have to be involved in and there might be some reason that they don't want to stoop to going to event world I don't know like what that is exactly but sure there might be some reason like like you know I need like who I don't know who's the head of the club but you know it could it's conceivable that they're like you know right they never leave or something right I don't go meet new initiates like you bring them to me you know
1: right Yeah. So it could be that the, you know, you have to go there uh, as a ritual of devotion to like pledge or whatever. And then the event world thing is more of a group activity that happens later, um, where club members don't need to be present or not many do. So you don't have to do it on club world. Um, I don't know. Anyway, we can talk more about, this later i think you're it's good to point it out and uh, you know we do need to come up with an answer but even if the answer is that we end up combining these things into one thing and changing the structure of the contract later i think that's not the end of the world so we'll figure it out um we just need to make something that works and that allows the contract to work so i think we're in okay shape um
0: right so the next beat is that uh, she's in event world she's triggered the contract tim mm-hmm. knows she's triggered the contract so right. tim gets access to the club's secret location right she she tim's I think we decided works that,
1: basically yeah
0: and she knows that like whether or not she right. she's aware sees tim right. she knows that tim is dedicated enough to to figure that out soon enough um but she's stuck in an you know. So we talked about this, right? right. She's stuck
1: yeah. in this club initiation thing or whatever this meeting is happening. And she knows that like every second she's stuck there is like a second that Tim is at the lobby, potentially saying her name, um, you know, or potentially he's doing those things and that she's, she really wants to intercept him. So, um, eventually she does get out of there. We could see that, of, you know, this is one of the main, I think, Uh, options for the flashback is we could see that initiation. She's like nervous checking her watch basically, or the equivalent um, thing and, you know, trying to get out as soon as possible. It's sort of dragging on. There's some maybe ritualistic aspect to it. That's
0: taking a while. Or they're explaining the details of like, which uh, kinds of tips they will and won't accept for the first trial. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So they're right. So there's somebody in the cohort who keeps asking questions. Who's like a good, goody two-shoes or I don't know like you know we can make this scene kind of like interminable and fun and she's just waiting to get out of there and then finally she does in fact get out of there and then we go to a scene that we have seen from Tim's perspective which is you know Tim is in the lobby and she intercepts him um there that's right and so that's right we will have maybe we'll get a new perspective on it we'll see like you know her walking in or her walking out and get some of her voiceover or something so we know a little more about what she was thinking in that moment but basically she went there you know discovered that he had not yet said her name and was able to like coax him to get out of there and uh uh we've already kind of seen that happen so we'll basically already know that
0: that's right so and and there's some you know details to figure out of how that works still but but she ends up you know talking to tim in another place. That's not the club lobby somewhere more private. Right. Um, with, which again, this would all be rehash of stuff. We know, uh, right. Where, we would have seen
1: this as well. Yeah. We would have seen her, uh, go to that private place with him and give him the first trial. That would have already. Yeah.
0: Like Tim, Tim black reveals that he's blackmailing her and, uh, says he wants to like get into the club and she doesn't, you know, disabuse him of the notion that she's already in the club and uh gives him the first trial and so on. I think the next so what is the next thing that we wouldn't right. have seen? I get I yeah.
1: Right, right, right. So right, I mean we would have seen her, you know, basically getting the same spiel uh from her uh you know observer uh in the in the event world scene and then um you know, it'll it'll call back the scene we've already seen with Tim where she is, you know, kind of on the spur of the moment decided to tell him what she was told um, as as a way of sort of getting him off her back or like tricking him or whatever it is that she's trying to do at that moment. Um, And then uh, you know, like she, so then, uh, you know, we have already seen Tim uh, go and get, you know, go and do the first trial and, and give her, The tip, but then the next thing that we would sort of skip is that she would then take that tip, right, and and pass it on to the club, to her observer, and then there would be a sort of tense scene where she, you know, waits to see if they accept her tip, if they know that she cheated, et cetera, et cetera, and ultimately they do accept it.
0: Right, right. Like, or we wouldn't skip that. Like, that's the that's the next part. We definitely would show. We probably, would have skipped right? that in
1: the initial storytelling. But yeah, that's something else that we could that we could use in the flashback sequence. That
0: that's right. a gap we'd fill in, and and that might include the actual act of using the backdoor at the like world that you know, because the Tim finds a unique world, which right. which he finds by putting out an ad, and it's some sort of crazy cult leaders world with these people that you know have been there for the entire duration of the constellation and tim installs a back door and then shares that with zoya so then zoya goes through the back door with a observer right um so like so there might actually be even be a scene there where she has to like present her finding and she does she has to kind of BS her way through it because you know it's not actually her finding like she doesn't know yeah that like much she, about it she
1: doesn't know that much about it or or she's only gone there briefly or something uh and she's sort of passing it off yeah that's interesting the other thing that i think is interesting i just thought of um you know we were talking about presenting this world as having like a crazy cult leader and and uh some people who had been raised In it that um, were sort of being like abused or like they weren't able to leave. Right. They're like they had been raised there from children and their cult leader had like controlled their world from birth and they are now adults. And um, as, as a sort of early moral test for Tim, he's going to, you know, see that these people are miserable and sort of have a little bit of a chance to help them or something, but he doesn't do anything about it because it's not his primary goal. Uh, he leaves them there to continue being sort of mistreated or whatever it is. And uh, Zoya, I think having been raised in a restrictive environment, you know, would have, I think a more personal and, and interesting reaction to that. I think like, she would, I think if we do have a scene where she's walking her observer through the world and she's pretending to already know everything about the world, but she's actually making it up as she sort of walks through, you know, it might be like, oh, and this and this and this cool temple and this and this. Uh, and then, you know, the observer asks her a question like, oh, and, and the children, can they leave or, you know, something, I don't know, like points out this uh this this moral failing and we see her like just hesitate for a second as she sort of takes it in and then maybe she like says oh yeah that's part of the world too and just like moves on or something but i don't know i think that might be an interesting moment for her as well where yeah she...
0: it it definitely is I don't, I don't know how to get the most mileage out of it yet but i but yeah that's going to yeah, resonate either, with her own but past, i think that that's interesting
1: sure. just to like follow up somehow on her perspective Uh, maybe she's more angry at this world than Tim was. And, um, she has to hide it. Like she's about to blow. (laughs) She's about to blow her, her use of it because her anger bubbles up and then she has to tamp it down somehow.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, she's going to identify with the prisoners in this world. Essentially. That's exactly what I'm saying. What's what's happening. She will
1: identify with these children who are being held prisoner by their parents because she was sort of raised that way. Um, and And how
0: we show that yes is i think is the challenge but i think that that absolutely makes sense well
1: i think that can also contribute to this sort of long arc of like bubbling rebellion if we want to play that right it's like one of the an earlier place where something doesn't sit right with her but she doesn't really do anything about it because you know it's not clear what to do about it maybe um and we keep bringing the temperature up on those things uh okay so then what's next?
0: I mean do you think you don't think she'd go so far as to like try to break one out or something? Like like rescue a child from here or something, do you?
1: I don't think that's like out of the question. I I it feels like a narrative detour to me like as you pitch it so I don't know if it makes sense for us to pursue it in this story. That's the problem it feels like
0: she'd be motivated to but it does feel like okay so now she's got this child that she broke out like what is that what do we have do we have to deal with that thread for the rest of our story? Right
1: that's what I'm saying is like are we going to then show where she puts that child and then is that going to come back later when the club has you know gotten onto her or something. I mean there might be a way to use it I'm not saying no at all but I think like seems like that rescuing a child from a you know it almost seems like that takes over the story like that's then the story like if we decide to do more constellation stories in the future which is something we've discussed potentially doing you know somebody rescues a child from a you know who's who's a grown person they're like a they're a child in the sense that they have a parent but they're like a person who's you know in their 20s or older but they've just only ever lived one place and they've never had control over their world the way everyone else in this world potentially does, right? So then they you, get we, rescued by someone and that person has to sort of take them through, you know, how to well, be Well, you know
0: person. what it is? It, uh, with the way that it would probably play out actually that would make more sense mm. um, is that we see clearly whether it's through her voiceover or through her facial expression or whatever the way she talks to the to the observer that she finds this whole thing distasteful. She feels bad for these people that are trapped there. She identifies with them, but she doesn't do anything. Then it's more like if we have a beat later, and this is jumping ahead a little bit Mm -hmm. where she has rebelled and she decides to go on the run from the club or something like, she, that's when she would maybe make a stop there, you know, right, she still has right, the back right. door, yeah, right She's still like she's she's sort of broken free of like the yoke of her parents at that point. like right. it just seems like this could be an ending beat, you know like she comes uh, back the
1: there. the the observer goes to find her after she's run away from the club and he thinks, oh, she seemed to care about that child on that tip world. i'll I'll check there. Maybe she's there, and he goes there, and she's not there, but the child's gone, and they're like, you know you get the sense right that, right that yeah she so came let's, back let's, stole the child and absconded and all of that has already you know happened off screen but like you know he's he, he's at the where the child's hut was and it's it's empty or something you know something like that or, I don't
0: know. or it happens on screen and that's like the last page but yeah well let's let's yeah let's come back to that because that slots in later but i think that would maybe make more sense if yeah, we are going to use especially
1: it. if we want to like really rehabilitate zoya as a person you know as a character like definitely having her like save a child would go a long way no, toward absolving nothing her rehabilitates
0: murder. a murderer like saving a child from a uh, from a, a horrible cult <laughs> right right <laughs> that's, that's that's just that's just story logic right there that is that's story logic yeah. unimpeachable story logic um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so uh,
1: you have to save one child for everyone you murder. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. It's Replacement.
1: One-, one to one ratio. If you murder 30 people, you got to save 30 children.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. okay. So yeah, let's, let's get there though. Uh, so right. Cause that's all just trial one. Jeez. Okay. So, uh, she, Next up has to give Tim the second trial, right? And she also has to... She the, the second trial is solving the complex puzzle world, finding the solution, and we decided before that the reason she resorts to using Tim is because she can't solve it on her own, right? Right, that- so we
1: have an option for a scene where Zoya tries and fails to pass that second trial where we could show her failing, And that might be interesting because, I mean, I don't know how she fails exactly. I don't think we've talked all the way through that and we don't necessarily need to do it now. But um, the way that she fails could be interesting, could be character revealing. So if she fails because there's some immoral way to do it that she's unwilling to do, or if she fails because there's some way to do it that she doesn't see that requires you to kind of, I don't know, be obsessive or be... uh, I don't know. I, I mean, we could use it to sort of reveal something about her that we think is interesting. And if we can figure that out, then I think it's a worthwhile scene to put in.
0: I wonder if this is a place where her parents and her indoctrination intervene somehow, because... How so? You know, we just Well, because the way that you solve the puzzle mm-hmm. we talked about is like showing trust and like giving the world pretty awful permissions, right? Like right. giving the world permission to... Now the we we talked about how the world doesn't exploit them that badly, right? It's not, I think we sort of toned it down to, it's not like actual torture, but it it does like ask you to at least make the leap of faith, to like sign away your ability to feel pain uh, uh, so that like you, you can actually get to the next level and then like sign away access to your mental state so that they can right, get the access to right, like, Right. so, so it may just be, you know, probably her parents taught her, to be very never,
1: circumspect about that kind of thing yeah right?
0: never sign a thing like that right. and you know look out for yourself and you know even though she, her parents want her to get into the club this might be it this might be at odds with other aspects of her upbringing i like and, that yeah that makes and, sense and the and the idea that you could find some uh you know some some mark some uh, some fool like uh, Tim to like, you know, accept those onerous contract terms for you, uh, you know, that might be in line with her parents' morality actually. So right. I don't, you yeah. know, I, right. I, I don't know exactly how that plays out. Like, I don't know if her parents are actually involved or if it's more just like, this is what they would want or. Right. Like she could be complaining to them that she cannot
1: pass this test because uh, she was unwilling to give up, you know, X permission that they told her never to give up. And maybe they're the ones who suggest she uh, get her friend to do it for her. Um, or we could, I mean, if we want to have it be like a conversational scene, or we could just show the scene where she like, you know, is in the world doing the trial and just gets to the door that you can't get through without, you know, signing out away your m- mental state or whatever. And she just, you know, gives up. She just, like, you know, or like is, is about to do it and exits or whatever,
0: or like if the whole thing is about trust, right? Mm-hmm. And part of her indoctrination is like basically like don't trust anybody who's not family,
1: you know? Right, right.
0: <laughs> then it's like, well, this is like this is something that she's not going to do, right? Even to but, get into the clothes. but then
1: like if the family tells her to do it, it's like you know you're not trusting them, you're trusting us. I don't know. I I mean I'm just sort of devil's advocating here we don't have to anyway uh yeah i mean i think this is a really interesting thing to consider but somehow she's um she's gonna fail and we could see a scene that shows that or that shows the aftermath of that and then the next beat um Mm -hmm. similarly to the one before it was or two before it was you know again she's going to once tim does the does the puzzle which we've already seen she is going to give his answer in and we've already decided that the answer is something like a password or something so it's not like you have to physically reach the center of the maze yourself um but she's going to have whatever it is the password or whatever it is that is the answer and she's going to turn it in and again we could do like something fun where she turns in the answer and they ask her a question that has to do with you know, the final room in which the answer was presented and she has to sort of bullshit an answer or perhaps Tim has told her something useful that she's able to fake it or, you know, so she thinks she's in the clear, but actually they were, you know, we already decided they were like spying on Tim um, and know about him at this point. So, yeah. One,
0: one, one way or another. And it, they, they could have been spying on the puzzle world, but I realized they, they could have known this for longer. like, there, there's enough dots for them to have connected because Tim came to their lobby and so on. Oh yeah,
1: there's there's all kinds of dots and they supposedly have eyes everywhere. So I would imagine that by this time they definitely know. So maybe they are kind of like giving her a test to see if she'll lie and maybe she fails that test and lies. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I, I think that's something we could show there.
0: Well, and this is also where they decide that she's got to clean up her own mess. And the way she's got to do it is to like for her third trial, which again, we discussed that third trial maybe is different for every initiate. Right. Or like, this is an, un- we don't really know, but this is an unusual situation where right. her, her right. third Unlike trial, the first
1: and second trial. We're not assuming everyone who gets into the club murders someone. I mean, maybe they do, but we're not assuming that that's the case. Yeah.
0: Right. But this is something that they, the club decides would be, uh, amusing we'll say because this is a pretty sinister club uh as a way for her to both like deal with the problem of tim and also like complete sort of this like you know trifecta of of things where tim is doing uh trials you know under false pretenses so but what we discussed off air which is sort of an amusing idea that i just want to get on record here Mm -hmm. (laughs) like maybe there's almost like uh a bit of a not quite a trial but like a bit of a moment where she's like in the presence of several club elders um just trying to figure out like what are we gonna what are we gonna do with her right she like she spilled the club address she's like kind of tried to trick us like you know we'll give her credit for in novelty in terms of how she got the the puzzle solution tricking someone else into doing that I can respect that right but but we've got it we've got to punish her somehow right, right. uh well, and they and come how up with
1: this thing that's like fitting punishment and it solves the problem of the information having leaked and it solves the problem of this like annoying guy trying to get into the club. And it also has like a nice poetic story like, you know, uh, three part aspect to it that I think would appeal to these uh, novelty seeking uh, uh, sort of, you know, above it all club members. So, yeah, I mean, they come to this conclusion that that the, the perfect solution is... You're gonna kill this guy and you're gonna do it by convincing him to kill someone. And right.
0: But but showing that trial moment where they maybe sort of brainstorm their way to that solution. Right. Or
1: like could- maybe the one who's like advocating for her is the one who suggests that solution, even though she finds it distasteful. And like the you know, the alternative is something far worse. <laughs>
0: Right. There might be versions where (laughs) she doesn't get into the club at all. Right. Like, you know, so, Uh, right. But, but I like that. I like the idea of that scene because this might be the most, uh, direct way we can show the club's actual ideology and how messed up it is. Right. Because like before this, we would have heard sort of Tim's take on it in the opening monologue. Right. And the reality might be quite at odds with what, you know, Tim's outsider impression is. And like, this is, this is where we show like, okay, this is, this is where novelty chasing takes you. If you follow it to it's, you know, like most intense logical conclusion,
1: the the most positive picture of it. And then they, they paint this extremely negative picture of it. And they're kind of standing contrast. That, that makes sense. I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, this, we have the beat that we've written down is like, Zoya's caught, But really, I think it's more like Zoya is tried or like, uh, you know, they make a decision and she's present for that. Um, So I think that's a scene that we are going to be likely to want to show because that really does fill in a lot of a lot of gaps. Um, Do you want to try to get through to the end of this list now or do you want to push that off to next time? Because we're rolling around to an hour now.
0: It's true. I want to. I, 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 let's really quickly try to get to the fork in the road that we've sort of established, okay. right? Because there's a there's a part coming up where we don't know what happens. So all right. So to let's sort get of to like these
1: last few things, then.
0: So like, if you want, here let let me just like blow through a quick summary, and you can like like uh, add anything you think I missed. Here. Okay. Um, so it gets determined that she has to kill Tim. She has the club observer now assigned to her uh they all three of them go to the naturalist world together to find a target for Tim to kill right but which course, we've already
1: seen we've that we'll have already seen right
0: that's right but some of the things we're going to learn seeing this from Zoya's perspective mm-hmm. is some earlier scenes that we might have seen where you know Tim was having doubts about you know should I actually go through with this murder um, and Zoya was, was listening and maybe acting weird, we're going to realize that actually Zoya is very much identifying with Tim in those moments and is feeling that those same doubts, right? She's wrestling with this moral conundrum. Right. And, and I think we want her... I mean, this is where the rebellious part really starts to like become relevant. Um, if we can have a scene...
1: Well, and it does make she, sense that once you're asked to do a murder, like your heckles are going to be raised... You know, like, this is the time when when any, like, sort of under-the-surface rebellion would bubble to the to- top is when when murder becomes part of the, the equation. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: do it. you're, yeah, uh, you know, honor thy father and mother, but not when they tell you to but, get into a situation where you have to kill someone. Right. right? I mean, you know, it, it makes sense that you, this would be her break. So right. right. Um, if there's a scene here where she can actually even try to sabotage the murder plot, it's yeah. something that we might have might have had an inkling of from the Tim perspective. Something weird that happened, like Tim wakes up in the middle of the night and she's like in a weird spot she shouldn't be in, like but where she was like trying to like sabotage his weapon or who knows, you know what? I I, I we don't have the details, but she yeah, does it just something. It
1: occurred to me that in nature world, you'd have to sleep all night every night and that that would be yep. weird for people because most worlds would not have sleep turned on probably right that's something i, yeah, I haven't really talked about like sleep habits but uh, that's another thing that's like a choice anyway um yeah that's really interesting i like the idea that they don't normally sleep but like on natural world they have to and he wakes up being unused to sleeping <laughs> basically, and uh, kind of catches her doing something. Or maybe she wakes up him, him up in the middle of the night and she's about to tell him something, but then they get interrupted by the observer or something like that happens where we don't completely understand it the first time around. And then once we get Zoya's perspective, we realize that was her trying to either tell him to escape or convince him not to do it or something. And it, it didn't, you know, she didn't go through with it or it got... Interrupted or somehow it didn't work out.
0: Yeah, she she misses her moment, and so when we do get to the moment later where she finally commits the murder, at that point she's sort of painted into a corner. She she had the earlier opportunity when she could have intervened, and that didn't work. So now she's in this position where Tim is about to kill someone, and unless she kills Tim, right, basically some other
1: type situation where someone's going to die here, even if she does nothing. So
0: right, and one of them she knows is is sort of already culpable of, a, of attempted murder. So right. uh, it makes sense that, you know, even even a moral oh, acting maybe, version of Zoya.
1: Maybe just to make this a little more complicated, even maybe we should um have whoever, like the person who ran the oppressive world that her parents had her raised in maybe is like a priest or something so that the priest kind of reminds her of like, you know, the headmaster of her school world, basically who she hated or who was oppressive to her. Or she's, I don't know. I kind of like the idea that like the priest means something to her. And there's like, even like a little bit of something in her head that like sort of wants the priest to die, you know, because he sort of symbolizes something to her. And then the last minute that's not strong enough and he's still a person and she can't let him die. And, I don't know. Huh. It's kind of like psychologically interesting to me. I don't know. Um, well, I get.
0: I, I. I structurally, I get that you're basically trying to make. If it's like Tim or the priest, you're like basically just, just trying, trying, trying to try to juice that decision. Little bit. Yeah. To make it harder. Yeah, I get that. that uh, makes without, sense. without
1: making the priest himself a terrible person, because I don't think, I don't want. I don't want that much ambiguity. <laughs> but I just like the idea that like she's a little more conflicted about it because there's something about the priest or the nature world's culture or something that like reminds her of her own sort of oppressive upbringing um
0: yeah i wonder about that uh
1: i don't know if we can really uh, make that work but it just popped in my head so i thought i'd say it anyway uh, yeah, yeah no
0: that, that that's definitely interesting but, th- but i think we can stop here because this is where we're not we're a little uncertain exactly how the last bit because like, like that actually that comes full circle right that's the full flashback. well that's the end of the
1: flashback so i think that's what we wanted to do today and then right next time we talk we really need to talk about what our ending is going to be which which we've we've really like kind of uh uh put off making concrete so we'll have to we'll have to make some decisions we've laid
0: some good seeds i think in terms of like we know that she's she's maybe heading for some kind of rebellious act we just don't know what that looks like right but we'll But we'll figure that out next episode.
1: Right. So that'll be next time. Uh, Thank you so much for sticking with us on this journey. We love to hear from you. So please uh, tweet at us or write in and let us know uh, what you're thinking about what we've done so far. Oh,
0: yeah. We haven't said anything like that uh, about communications for a while. We would love to hear from you because we're doing a weird thing. We don't know who's listening. So please, if you are sticking with us through this weird experiment, let us know. I'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Uh, And we'll be back um, uh, very soon. This has been Constellation, Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.